The Theonauts, episode 79. The one where I convert to being a Luther Anglican who is Eastern Orthodox and is methodical Bapticostalism. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you theonomationalists out there. <laughs> as close as I can. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the, the Theonauts. We should change that into a denomination. Yeah. Nah, we shouldn't. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> Anyways. Hey, you know, it is a denomination. Is it? Of podcasts. Yes, that's right. It's, good, yeah. good, good, good. <laughs> we are... Theonymous. Just give it up. Theon- Just give it up. Theonymism. <laughs> Theonominolials. I don't know. Theopodcastism. <laughs> I'll be the Pope. <laughs> you be my Archbishop. So, how are you doing, Archbishop Gaddy? Oh, just fabulous. Yeah? Yeah. Did you have a good Christmas? A holly jolly Christmas? A, it was good enough. A happy Kwanzaa? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, everything was joyous and and all that good stuff. Did you get everything you wanted? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want a lot, so no. on that. So. Check out our... Uh, oh, I did get this. Yeah. Yes. For you people watching live here, you can see this <laughs> this grand coffee mug that Jeremiah and his wife just gave me. I love it. It's so funny. <laughs> it's a leg... For you who can't see it, it's a huge mug... <laughs> Made out of Lego type material, and you can stick Legos onto it. He's made a jet fighter and a Tyrannosaurus Rex, yeah, some sort of dinosaur. Yeah, on it. looks kind of mean. So, anyways, yeah, so it's great. It's I great. haven't brought myself to drink out of it yet, uh, but uh, but I had fun playing with it. Some Irish <laughs> coffee out of it. Yeah, I need to get some of you know Star Wars Legos. Oh, that'd be great. Stick on there. Feel the force, Obi Wan. Yeah, put a little stormtrooper or something. Like, yeah. So I did go watch <clears throat> Star Wars. Have we already talked about that? I guess yes. we have last week. Yeah, That's we right. did a little bit last yeah, week. Yeah, it was great. But it bears mentioning again. That movie is amazing. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I can't wait to do spoiler alerts. Maybe after like a year. <laughs> <laughs> then everybody's seen it. Then maybe we can talk about. Oh man, Michael and Brendan—they've already—they've already spoiled it. You know. Oh really? Yeah. Of course they have. I their, haven't listened. So. They've got their spoiler alert button that they whoop, it'll stop whoop, listening. Whoop. You know yeah. right now. Well, that's good because this one has a lot of like you could really spoil the movie. Yeah. For anybody that. Well, okay. Okay. Going back, this reminds me. Whenever I was, what was it, ten years old? Uh huh. Okay. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Comes out. That was a lot the same way. There was a lot we didn't know going into Empire Strikes Back. Right, right, right. right. And I remember coming out of that, uh, spoiler alert, if you've never seen Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) (laughs) Where have you been the past 50 years? Oh, yeah. Of course, we have the whole, it's ruined now because you've got pop culture, you've got... Uh, uh, Luke, I am your father is part of <laughs> pop culture. Luke, I am your father. But those of us in 1980 who who went into the theater that day 
had no idea Luke right. was Darth Vader's son. Right. And um, and we had never laid eyes on Yoda. So we see this little green thing yeah. in the swamp, and we know Luke's looking for this great Jedi warrior, and we're expecting, just like he is, yeah. we're expecting... Obi-Wan again. Yeah, we're, th- we're expecting a warrior. You know? Right. And when we find out that Yoda... Is Yoda like the little green guy? Yoda. Right. It was this huge. What really? <laughs> it's so cool. See, you know, uh, Josh Hamill uh, played Luke Skywalker. He uh, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Josh. Wow. Mark Hamill, who played Luke Skywalker. I, I read a thing about him. Uh, <clears throat> they they kept that a secret from everyone. In fact, Mark didn't know until the day they were shooting, like twenty minutes before, what he was going to say. Yeah. Uh, in response to that? Or what Darth Vader was going to oh, say. Oh, gotcha. Right? He didn't know the lines. Yeah. <laughs> and so when no! he... Yeah, when he first got it, that's I mean... That's not possible. That's not possible. Yeah. So 20 minutes before they film it, and then they swore him to secrecy. Like, they're like, if you tell anybody this, this is, you know, this is a big deal. <laughs> right? This is the movie. This is the yeah. pivotal scene. Yeah. So, yeah. So they did a really good job of keeping it under wraps. Nobody knew. There's even a Simpsons episode where they flash back to Homer and Marge coming out of the theater on a date. Oh, yeah. And Homer walking past the line of everybody that waiting to get in going, <laughs> I can't believe that Darth Vader was Luke's father. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious that'd be great oh man anyway so yeah i had a good christmas too by the way it was great good we just uh hung out chestnuts roasting on open fire kind of night so yeah it was great it's wonderful but anyways do you want to uh jump into this interesting topic let's do it All right. So, do you, you know what we're talking about? Denominationalism. Are you going to pull it up, pin it all off of me? Yeah. Right? Here yeah. we go. Yeah. Denominationalism. Oh, don't deny that this is your topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, I think it's important. And the reason I do is um, I don't know how many times in my life uh, I would be talking to somebody about my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would say, oh, you're a Christian. What religion are you? Okay? <laughs> I know. It's a silly thing when you hear it. You're a Christian. What religion are you? Yeah. And I have to immediately switch. Okay, so what do they mean by that? And my first response is go, I'm a Christian. That's my religion. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe in Jesus Christ. Right. But what they mean is, what denomination are you? Right. It's a huge American heritage and i guess westernized culture heritage to understand denominationalism as religion mm-hmm. um when it's not that so well, in fact i have this book here yeah that we were looking at that has all these well it's not just christian faith it's got others in it but the name of the book is religions of america right which is interesting and it's a misguided understanding. It's edited by Leo Rost, and it's actually written by people in each one of these uh, denominations slash religions. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway. And I, I think it's a huge, I think it's, number one, a huge misunderstanding. I think we need to 
kind of look into this because I think there are a lot of people that wonder about these other denominations. Maybe you've grown up uh, Church of Christ. Maybe you've grown up Baptist. Maybe you've grown up, uh, you know, Episcopalian or whatever. Presbyterian. Presby or Luther. Methodist. Or whatever. And, you know, you've always wondered, looking on the other side of the pond, do they... Christian scientists. Yeah. Do these guys believe... Well, Christian science is a totally different thing. That is a different religion. Greek Orthodox. But we can get back to that. Greek Orthodox, yeah. Another... Seventh-day Adventist Quaker. <laughs> Yes. Keep going. Mormon. Yeah. Uh, Goose Creek Baptist. <laughs> yeah. Duck Creek. Duck, Duck, Duck River. Duck River. That's it. Duck River Baptist. All 5,000. Even agnostic is listed here. Yeah. And agnostic is religion. And see, that's where we get it confused. Okay. So what is denominationalism versus religion? That might be the first thing I ask you. So what do you think about that? Okay. Well, I th- okay. Let's go to the word. Denominationalism, or, okay. de- or a denomination. What does the word even mean? What is the etymology of that word? Sure, it means to be named. Right. Quite simply, that's really what it means to be defined based on a name. So, in reality, there's no such thing as a non-denominational church, unless you're not carrying a name at all, which I don't know of any personally. Right. Well, I take that back. <laughs> There are some congregations that I know of in Haiti that don't really have a name. They don't have any name. They're on just it. church. They're just, yeah. They just... Uh, People of... It's just, let's go to church. Let's go to the Christian church or whatever. Right. And so I guess in a way that they're non-denominational. But in, in most cases, we ha- everyone has some sort of name that they've put on their yeah. their and, sign out front. And I would, I would <clears> push <throat> it uh, a little bit further than that in my definition. I would say denominations... Are divisions under our subcategories under a main category? Right. Okay. That's a denomination. So if you. So like you got US dollars. Yes. And in that US dollars, you've got $1 bill, $5 bill, $10 bill, $20 bill, $100 bill. Those are all denominations of the same thing. Like you They're go to the bank US and they, they'll ask you what kind, what denominations do you want? Right, exactly, <laughs> and that's the point. So Christianity is the the heading, right? Mm-hmm. I would call that the religion, okay. And then denominations underneath Christianity. There are different denominations of different religions. You have the Sunni and Shiites. Right. In in Islam, and, right, 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 and more. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot more than that. Yeah. Sunni and Shiites being the major ones. You have uh, under the Jewish culture, you have uh, uh, the uh, um, Pharisees, Sadducees, Sadducees and the Pharisees were yeah denominations. Essenes. Yeah, and now you've got Orthodox Jews, and you've got um, yeah, <laughs> right. You've got all this different. Exactly. Well, and, and saying, well, well, look at the uh, Hindu religion. Oh, man. Oh, man, you've got how many different yeah. flavors of that. Right. So <clears throat> that's 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 the first point I want to bring out was, you know, when you, when you walk up to somebody and you say, what religion are you, meaning denomination, you got to take a step back because here's what you got to understand. We're all under the same religion, which is Christianity. Mm-hmm. Just uh, many of us have a different way of, of thinking about it. So where did this whole denomination thing come from? Um, if we look in church history, uh, I want to trace us back a little bit to okay. the early Christian church. So we did this, you know, some of this. Right. In our history series. Yes, you can go back and look at that. Yeah, because we talked about the Reformation, and a lot of this comes basically from the Catholic Church down. 
through the Reformation. I will say that the Catholics have a little bit different view about denominations because they believe, okay, the word Catholic, little c, means universal. Yeah. So technically, Catholic Church means universal church. Okay, but the Catholic, big C, will say that, um, will say that they are the true church and all denominations are byproducts right. of the true church, which right. I know you don't agree with that. No, well, I do. <laughs> I, I, I agree up to a point. And the reason I do is because they were, I believe that every other denomination that we have today it mostly is an offshoot of the Roman Catholic Church. Right. Um, well, even our practices yeah. carry a lot of, the, of, of Roman Catholicism. That's right. People don't, people don't realize that. People yeah. don't like to have that. Does, fact, and, and people are going to go, mine doesn't. Yeah. Well, well, let me tell you, are you sitting in pews? <laughs> is Case there, in point. Is there a pulpit yeah. at the front of the building? Right. Okay. You got that from the Catholics. Right. <laughs> and some of, some of us went so far as to take our uh, priests and call them instead of father, brother. Right, and some of us went so far as to take our priest and strip them Reverend. of their robes, and yeah, and you know, so they wear a suit instead. Or maybe today you have a hip and cool preacher who's got you know the Hawaiian shirt and, and the Bermuda shorts. But the reality is the same thing. It's an it's a you know it it's an echo of the past. The the way you well, even my do argument church. is uh, would be that the Catholic Church may be where. We have branched from, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the Catholic Church is the true church. Absolutely not. That's that. I mean, I think there was a thousand years to of use corruption, as an, yeah, <laughs> that to led use. to the Reformation, and yeah, and we need to get to because the so, whole idea of Reformation is to reform, right? Get, in other words, form it back to the way it was, trying to get back yeah. to. If it wasn't, if it wasn't reforming, it'd just be forming. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so we have the early Christian church, right? Out of that came the Roman Catholic Church. We all united uh, Constantine. You had the Roman Catholic Church that, that was the powerhead, um, actually controlled the world mm-hmm. for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, right after the formation of the Roman Catholic Church, you have the Eastern Orthodox split. This is the first denominational split ever. Yeah. The Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox. From the Eastern Orthodox, you have the Greek Orthodox, you have the Russian Orthodox. The Eastern Orthodox did almost the everything the exact same way and, the Catholics did, but they had it with a different focus, a different way. They had their own pope, and and so an important thing to remember here is the reason why that split happened was political as much as it was. Oh yeah, because you had the 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 Roman Empire split. That's right. You had an Eastern and a Western Roman Empire. Right. So the Byzantine Empire and the Holy Roman. Exactly, <laughs> um, and. Uh, so, anyways, and it's good to point that out because every major split that's happened has some kind of a political connotation with it. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther, he wouldn't have had his Lutheran church if if he hadn't have been uh, babied by a German uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, prince, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Who took care of him and made sure he was he was all right. And then you have the Church of England, which was split because good old King George. Uh, wanted to have his divorce, and the Roman Catholic Church wouldn't let him. So, I mean, there's a lot of political stuff that goes into this. But uh, besides that, so you have the Reformation happens, right? You have Lutheranism, you have Anglicanism, and you have the Reformed Church, those three different things. And then you have this weird little offshoot called the okay, so, uh, Moravians. Let's, let's back up there for a minute. Okay. If Luther is the chief reformer... <laughs> 
something good. It's a good Why way. is there a Lutheran church and a Reformed church? That's great. That's a good question. The Lutheran stopped at Luther, basically. The Reformed church moved past Lutheranism. Well, now, the, the, the Lutheran church, and this may be getting into minutiae, but I'm just wondering, I thought the Lutheran church was post-Luther. Like Luther didn't like found the Lutheran Church, right? He didn't found it, but his the people who followed after Luther didn't want they they stopped there. In other words, they didn't have any other reformers that they looked up to, right? So they didn't because of that they didn't have any other denominations. So you had other reformers. You had the Church of Scotland, the Anabaptist, uh, the Presbyterians, and we know Calvin yes. was the Presbyterian guy, right? Yeah. So you had other reformers besides Luther, right? So the Lutheran actually it, it it quit with the Lutherans, but from the Anglicans, which is the Church of England, see a lot of people think that Luther was the only reformer. The problem is <laughs> Luther wasn't the only reformer. The Anglicans there was actually a lot of reformers. right the Church of England, which was a political reformation, and used a lot of Lutheran argument <clears throat> in their political reformation. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people that agreed with Luther in his argument of salvation uh, in the Anglican uh, Reformation. Um, Edmund Spencer, uh, some of the other great writers of that time. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, Tyndale was a – was a, you can say he's kind of a father of the Anglican Reformers, right? So from the Anglican uh, Reformation, you actually had Congregational. You had the Baptist, Episcopalian. You had the Methodists from the Anglican Church. Yeah. You had the uh, – the, uh, Seventh-day Adventists, um, Holiness, Quakers, um, what's the, you had the Puritans off of the Anglican split, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You had the Church of God in Christ, you have the Church of the Nazarene, you have the Assemblies of God, you have the Church of God, you have the Church of Christ, you have the Calvary Chapel, the Vineyard Churches, right? All that different. And these were, you know, a lot of these were actually Baptist splits, uh, either Baptist or Methodist split, yeah. right? Most of those come. I think or Church, Pres- Presbyterians, right? Church of Christ was that wasn't that a was that a Methodist or a Baptist Pres- Presbyterian? Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the um, if we they, there was a movement in the late eighteen hundreds that is often referred to as the Restoration movement. Oh, the Restoration, founded by uh, Alexander and Thomas Campbell. Campbellites, and they they were Presbyterians, uh, and it was actually a unity movement. Okay, it was actually trying to unify some of this division. Right, um, and that kind of went south huh. uh, See, over the years. What I'm using, I think, has a wrong little list because they have the Anabaptists. Uh, that's your Amish Mennonite people that are still here today. Right, they're under the Anabaptist movement, um, and then you have Presbyterian. I guess Church of God or Church of Christ. Is under the then it'd be under the Presbyterian. These are under the Reformed mm-hmm. section. Man, you have a book sitting on our table that's literally you know five inches thick yeah, of huge denominations, <laughs> and there are so many different denominations. And, and the thing about it is, if you're part of one of these denominations, chances are you might not agree with what I'm actually gonna, what I'm actually reading from here. Whenever I pull up your section, yeah. And I mean, I I know um, you know having a Church of Christ background. Um, I don't necessarily. I never would have agreed with some of the stuff that's listed in here. 
and I think you could probably say the same about the Baptist. Oh, yeah. And whatever. And a lot of that is because um, there are things that define us based on these denominations. But then there are a lot of baggage and assumptions yeah. also about these denominations that not everybody in those denominations believes. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. So. so why do denominations happen? What's the What's the number one reason why there are different quote-unquote denominations today? Is there a number one reason? I think there's lots of reasons when you, I, when you stop and think about it. There could be good reasons and bad reasons. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, think, I do think the number one reason is usually theology, right? They split on a doctrinal belief. Uh, for instance, you have the free will Baptists, right, mm-hmm. versus the reformed Baptists, okay? <laughs> and they split because, obviously, the whole, the whole Calvinism debate. Mm-hmm. But you also have, <clears throat> let's, let's pick a little bit on the Southern Baptist, of which I have, that's my uh, background. Um, the reason the Southern Baptists are Southern Baptist as mm-hmm. a denomination, the only reason is because we disagreed with the Northern Baptists who split off of us on slavery. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, during the Civil War, we believe that uh, it was God-ordained. We, I, I say my denomination, believed that it was God-ordained. that <laughs> Slavery we should, was? Yeah, okay. that we should own slaves, mm-hmm. and that that was their lot in life, biblically speaking. And we'd argue <laughs> some biblical, wrong biblical translation, uh, you know. And... Uh, and so what ended up happening was the church split. Uh, you had the Northern North American Baptists, and then you have – they're usually called American Baptists. My brother belongs to an American Baptist church up mm-hmm. north. And then you have the Southern Baptist denomination, right, which actually became the most prominent and I think is the number one denomination – in well, America and, and that's right an now. interesting thing too, because what yeah. what you're describing here is similar to what I've also experienced. You know, coming from the Church of Christ background, is w- there are a million <laughs> different groups with that with that same name. They and they all split over right. doctrinal beliefs about uh, do's and don'ts here and there, whatever. And uh, and and so, what's interesting is it's almost like you have sub denominations of denominations. Yeah. And it, and I think that's probably pretty true across the board. Yeah. Well, let me let me even go a little bit further and make fun of my Baptists a little bit more. Um, so the Southern Baptist denomination, Texas, is the largest uh, Southern Baptist state in the United States. Um, I don't know if you know it, but there are more Southern Baptist churches in Texas than anywhere else in the U.S. And uh, we have two. We used to have slaves. Lo- Slaves. No. We have two conventions. <laughs> it's really funny because we used to have one until t- the year 2000. Yeah. Now we have split off two divisions. Now they didn't want to change their name from Southern Baptist, so they kept Southern Baptist. But we have the Southern Baptist of Texas, and we have the uh, Texas Southern Baptist General Convention. And these two, even though they work together, disagree on doctrinal issues, namely women in the pulpit. And so they split. They had a denominational split, even though they're the same denomination. Right. Right? So you have all this, I mean, going on. And this was as early as, you know, 2000, the year 2000 is when this happened. So, so okay, well, that makes makes me think of one one other thing. Yeah. If you think you understand what a denomination believes... 
then you almost have to really poll everybody in the denomination. That's right. Because okay, just like for example, you said this, uh, you've got a division within the Southern Baptist Convention, which is yeah. by the way a division off of a bigger Baptist umbrella. That's right. But so this little division is women in the pulpit. Yeah. So anyone who says, well, I know what Baptists believe about women in the pulpit because I've got a friend who blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, you know, you don't know what they believe because, That's right. because one, one group is going to hold to that yeah. while another is not. Yeah. And it's the same way in any group. I think, um, I mean, there's, you know, uh, church of Christ is known for their non-musical instrument, you know, right. thing. Well, but there are churches of Christ that use musical instruments. That's right. So I was blown away the first day I found out that Max Licata was Church of Christ. <laughs> I mean, I was a hundred percent blown away. I went, "How in the world is that guy who all his books are simply about justification grace by grace?" Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's all he writes about, <laughs> and that's I met him. You know, and he I thought he was a Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, I mean, this is, uh, it goes to show you that. Why? You, because he's in Texas? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, uh, because he was wearing a track suit and he came to my Christian Baptist uh, school to oh, talk. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> the track suit was a good track. Yeah, it was, an, it was an Adidas track suit. He was wearing an Adidas track suit. <laughs> I thought that guy's pretty awesome. Anyways, no, uh, but that, I mean, it just goes to show you we are so fragmented denominationally mm-hmm. denominational wise that it, you cannot write a book and cover every denomination right anymore. this book doesn't even come close that I've got here right the the, uh, the truth is we are in um, I would describe it as a post-denominational world right so is there ever a time is when the, the, is that because of the outcropping of so-called non-denominational churches, would you say? Because it was becoming more of a more of a thing. Yeah. Well, I think it is, but I think it's more that we want. Yeah, I. The it is. I mean, more and more like uh, Southern Baptist churches. If you're doing a church plant, nine times out of ten now, they don't have the name Baptist, and it used to be. First Southern Baptist Church, Second Southern Baptist Church, New Hope Southern Baptist Church, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's, uh, um, I don't know, Lighthouse Church. Right. Right? Yeah. And even though they may be Southern Baptist as far as in their giving, they're not Southern Baptist by name, and they don't take that name. They just take church. Right. So they have a name in, in the church. And so, and I think that that's more and more prevalent today i don't think that there's a lot of denominations anymore and what i mean by that is um the newer churches that are popping up don't uh don't necessarily want to align themselves up with some kind of dogma or some kind of stance kind of like um you know the thing that we're doing here locally we haven't affiliated that with a yeah. known denomination, right? And um, but it's still hard for me to say non-denominational because that has almost become a denomination. It in has and of itself. In the '90s, it was actually a denomination. I mean, there's a denomination called non-denomination. <laughs> it's so 
so confusing. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, a video I saw today where, where it was like these IT guys, and he was like, the name of the video was the worst Wi-Fi password ever. <laughs> and so the people were asking the IT guy, what's the password for the Wi-Fi connection? And it, and it was like uh, four words, all uppercase, one word, all lowercase. <laughs> so what it was is it was actually spelled out four, four words, words all uppercase <laughs> but it was one word all lowercase <laughs> that's genius so yeah <laughs> and you're just like what like what does that even mean yeah. where are we so yeah i I think denomination uh, has become, and here's why I say we're post-denominational. We're so fragmented mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter anymore. Well, and I want to back up just a minute because I think there's another reason besides doctrinal reasons why there are um, denominations. Okay. And I, and I think that even though they'll lean on doctrine as... The reason why as the camera dies, the camera dies. So if you're watching live, you're missing out. Sorry, homie. So, uh, but the, I think that another reason here is self righteousness, pride. Oh yeah. Because what what happens is, how many people are raised, born, and bred a denomination, and there is no way they will consider any other, and they'll lean on doctrine. I mean, they'll say it's a doctrinal reason, but would they have really gotten to where they are had they started completely outside of a denomination? Yeah. I think most cases it's kind of unlikely that they would have just studied their Bible and said, you know what? Bam. I'm going to be this. <laughs> it's, it, it's almost entirely either your environment um, yeah. or your raising. Yeah. And um, You ever read To Kill a Mockingbird? Yeah, yeah, Lee Harper. Yeah, one of my favorite parts of that book is Atticus, uh, they're Methodists, right? <laughs> right. And every year they have a uh, football game against the Southern Baptists. Or not Southern <laughs> Baptists, but the Baptists. I say Southern Baptists. Every year they have a football game against the Baptists to see who's right and who's wrong. <laughs> so the football game determines that. You're right, exactly. But and she, you know, uh, Jim, which is the son is upset at Atticus because Atticus won't play in this football game. And there's this, there's this great statement in there. It's like, you know, we Methodists, because, you know, we're born Methodists. We Methodists have to, you know, prove ourselves, you know, or, you know, fight the good fight. And it's so interesting to me because there's no, there's no doctrinal issue there. There's nothing. It's, I'm born a Methodist, so I'm a Methodist. Yeah. And they don't understand why they're a Methodist or what makes them Methodist, or even the fact that that name is misguided and misleading mm-hmm. to in a, in a lot of ways. Whenever I was a kid, I thought Methodists were messed up. And the number one reason, oh, well, they have to do things in order to earn salvation. They're Methodists. They have a method <laughs> to Jesus, right? The, and that, that doesn't make sense at all. That's totally wrong. Well, if you'd understand, if you'd actually study Wesley, you know, and you'd understand why they were called Methodists, because they they had a, a Bible club that basically did these things, and people started making fun of them because of it, yeah. and started calling them Methodists. Oh, you're the ones that have a method. Right. 
Right. Exactly. There's a method to your madness. Exactly. In other words, you're not a crazy, free, you know, spirited Baptist, right? Right. You, right. you have a method to this. That's that's what that meant. And there's no like there's almost I would say ninety nine percent of the, their doctrinal stances are the exact same as Baptist. Mm. There's no real division. Maybe child baptism. Right. Well, and and I'm not real familiar with Methodism, and even Methodism, that, yeah, but yeah, I was fixing to say baptism would be a, uh, I think because don't they sprinkle? Yeah, they there sprinkle. As well, or they don't immerse. Yeah, they're not full immersion. They're right, sprinkling right. people. So. so, and that's you know that's wrong because full immersion obviously is what the Bible. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm playing. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it's just what I've always heard my whole life. Yeah, yeah. but uh, well, that's what baptizo means. Yeah, immerse. Full immersed. Okay, that's right. Anyways, all right, off that topic. Yeah. <laughs> Go it, it, by my point being, most of the time we denominationalists who grew up in a denomination, you being one, I being one, certainly we the majority had, of yeah, us, our you know our age, and right? Uh, we we had pre uh, supposed understanding of what we believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everybody else is wrong, <laughs> and then what everybody else believes, right? <laughs> and it wasn't until you come and you sit down and you talk. That you start to get, wow, so why did they divide? You know, mm-hmm. what was going on there? So, anyways, uh, yeah. Is denominationalism ever a good thing? What do you think? Mm, well, I think that um, one thing that your name does, if we're talking about denominationalism, it, is it does give you somewhat of an understanding of what the doctrines and practices are in in the in that group. Those aren't always full to the extent. I mean, just like we were arguing a while ago. Um, and so I know that you have a, a little bit of a different take on it because y- the denomination you came from had a hierarchy of sort of sorts that would that would give you benefits, right? Oh yeah. Whereas you know the the, the 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 Church of Christ really doesn't have a an association or a yeah. or you know that oversees things and and has a uh, a statement of faith message that everyone has to kind of adhere to. <laughs> to yeah, I mean it's well a non spoken one or an unwritten one. You right, know? and and the, the, here's the crazy thing: is a Baptist <laughs> camera down. The Baptist would reply, well, we don't have a doctrinal statement. We have the Baptist faith and message, um, which is our doctrinal statement, by the way. They just won't say that. Um, whereby, do you adhere to the Baptist faith and message? You know, and what, what does that mean? But if you'd ever read the Baptist faith and message, I'm pretty sure... Most everybody would adhere to it. Most everybody would adhere to it, because basically what it says, it says, who is God, who is man, who is Jesus? That's it. Like, that's... That's the Baptist faith and message. Anyways, you know, the good thing growing up in a denomination like the one I grew up in, the good thing about it, I would say, is our missions. Um, and I would say our unity, the mm-hmm. way that we were able to unite. Right. Um, you know, we had back in the day, uh, way back in the day, uh, the way they set it up was brilliant for what it what it was, um, say in the twenties and the thirties. And what I mean by that is there were, there were churches in remote places in America, in the United States. Mm-hmm. Right. And they needed other churches to help them along. So let's say they, they were without a pastor, without a teacher. 
so there was a group of people. Uh, let's say that, I don't know, you live 30 miles away up in the mountains from another community, and you were a small community in of, of yourself, and so you know you you didn't have uh you didn't have a lot of resources well what our denomination did was they they made associations so that we paired churches together all these different churches in a hub mm-hmm. under a different like and we did it by county so Fannin County Association Southern Baptist you know all that stuff and so whenever one church was in need they they made a call to the the director of missions was his name and that director of missions called other churches and provided the need. So let's say you're without a teacher, you're without food, or you're without clothing, or there's a you know there's there's some kind of need. Uh, the director of missions would get that, and he would call around <clears throat> and feed that need. It was a brilliant, brilliant picture. Um, and then we give two major offerings, and those offerings go into all these churches all across America, right. go into one big pot, and we're able to fun uh full-time missionaries across the globe right even those in uh, countries that are uh hostile right Right. and so i like the methodology of it because we're able to work together as christians but i think that that should be the way that but that can happen anyway without exactly without an association that's right um if we will learn to communicate and work together and you know be on mission together and here's what's amazing to me is this this baptist church wouldn't go to their brother church in the same town that may have been under i don't know another name church of christ <laughs> right for their needs to be met uh when they could have very easily right right so there's you know there's that that's I, I I keep running into more uh, downsides than I do positives. <laughs> I know personally. I know, and 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 that's and, a natural thing. And I think part of it is because um, we are in a um, we're in an, um, a, a time when these 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 denominations have been so partisan that it has created division. And I think that's a little different than... Um, I think there's slight differences between denomination, division, separation, and all that sort of thing. And the Bible clearly teaches against division. Yeah, that's true. And, and we, we, we've talked about unity on the show before. And so, for example, the very fact that you have one denomination... That may be five doors down from another denomination, but won't help that congregation because they're not part of the same denomination. That pretty much gives you an idea of division. There's there's division there. It's not just separation. Right. And and that's why Red Cloud, right, says what he says. Oh, Red Jacket. A yeah. Red Jacket. Yeah, sorry. Chief Red Jacket. Chief Red Jacket says, you know. All these people saying that Jesus is the way, and none of them can agree. Right, right. right. And that's that's absolutely it hurts true. our witness. Yeah, that we're not even willing to help one another, yeah. and, and and that sort of thing. Yeah. But uh, there's also all this baggage that comes along with these names. Mm-hmm. So you know, for example, you know, people are going to look at you. We say, well, where do you go to church, or what's your denomination, or whatever, and you spit out one of these. Immediately, that person has an idea. The negative side yeah. of that denomination. Well, they put you in a niche. Yeah, right? yeah, they they bucket you. Or, yeah. Oh, you believe? Ugh. You know, okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and um, and and so I I think that whereas that could be a strength, it can also be a weakness. And because maybe you don't hold all to those baggage to 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 those things. Yeah. Um, and and maybe you just want to focus on Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Yeah. You know, maybe we, maybe we we've put some of these doctrinal things that have divided us so high up that they've become idols to us because they're more important than the blood of Christ whenever the rubber meets the road right. because we preach the, the the divisive issue instead of preaching Christ. Right. And so I, I so I think that that can hurt us. Uh, I found this list of things that, that actually uh, I thought were – some of them were pretty cool um, – of this is a Lutheran guy writing this, which I thought was was interesting. Um, but he was saying uh, five reasons he feels like that that denominations uh, should be a thing of the past, and mm-hmm. and one of them is um, he makes a statement that denominations are confusing in a post Christian world. Right. Uh, that you know in a larger culture that was nominally Christian. Um, then you had the luxury of squaring off behind these denominational. Yeah, identities. that's right. And you could, and you could like, uh, you could afford to fight about. And it was almost fun and benign, right? It was like, <laughs> yeah. well, I'm a Methodist. Well, I'm a Baptist, but okay, you know. <clears throat> but you know, he makes a point here. He says, "Ask the typical person with little or no familiarity with the Christian faith the differences between Methodists, Lutherans, and Presbyterians, and they'll most likely give you a blank stare." That That's indicates right. that they have no idea whether you're even still talking about Christianity or not. <laughs> That's right. And ask somebody in that faith what their difference is. I mean, even I would be so bold to say ask nine, 90% of the pastors in that faith what their differences are today. Yeah. And I don't believe a lot of them would, would be able to tell you for, for sure what the, what the differences are. Right. Maybe some of them would, but, you know. <clears throat> and, and, I mean, there's there's many of them. There's so many denominations. I couldn't. I can't tell you. Right. Like, what, like I was saying earlier, what the Episcopalians? I, I've never really known an Episcopalian that I know of. Yeah. I really don't know much of their doctrine at all, so I could not give you. Aren't they extinct? I think they might. <laughs> I, it's like the rare meats of the Christian I world. I kind of doubt it. I could probably look in this book and at least get one view. <laughs> what, what old guy who yeah. lives up in the hill? I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I believe this. You know. The, Sure enough, there's an Episcopalian. Oh, yeah, that's right. Write in, tell us what you believe. (laughs) I won't promise it'll get airtime. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, But, but, you know, uh, he makes another point here that a lot of the differences between denominations are pretty minor, uh, that there are usually one or two major elements that that actually become the contention point. Uh, he makes the point that an inordinate amount of funds are spent maintaining the denominational structure and the bureaucracy when we could be funneling that that money toward more beneficial uh, things. Um, political differences have outstripped theological ones. Yes. And that's probably oh, man. really true. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's just like, you know, you know these people that were born and raised, you know, in a political party. Right, you know, my dad was a Democrat, and I, I'm a Democrat, and the the other guy over here, he's the same way. He's a Republican. He's always been a Republican. Right, his and they have no idea what the platform is, but they because their family's that. Yeah, that's I'm, what they I'm are. voting straight ticket because that's what that's I've what done. I've always done. 
And, uh, and, and so just like there's politics in the government, there's politics in, in the church, always has been, yeah. uh, as long as there's been division. That's right. Which goes way, way back. I mean, uh, all the way back to the time that Paul was writing to these churches and telling them things that, that they had going wrong. Amen. You know, um, keep going. What are, what are the other things? Oh, the, the, the only other thing he had on here was denominational affiliation often represents the triumph of ethnic and cultural loyalties. That actually kind of ties in with what I was saying, is that the loyalties are really not necessarily to the doctrines as much as they are <laughs> yeah. to family and to, uh, to the politics right. of your family. I mean... Uh, ethnics, backgrounds. The number one, you know, the biggest denomination. Baptist that like slaves. That's right, exactly. <laughs> it was all politics. You know, um, some of the reasons, I believe, post, post-denominational world, uh, the church is an assembly, a congregation of, per- of persons, um, who are regenerated by the word of the Holy Spirit and obey Christ, right? That's mm-hmm. it. That's the church. Yeah. Um, the true church is composed of many congregations of local churches throughout the world. We all understand that, right? Some uh, of which don't denominate themselves at all in any way. That's right. Like the ones I was talking about in Haiti. Right. They're serving Christ with all their heart. Right. Um, they, and they've never yeah. thrown in with a group. Yeah, right. The the message of, of the true church is always Christ centered. So if you want to know whether or not your denomination is Christianity, is it Christ centered? Mm-hmm. Period. Are you Christ focused? Is is the message of the cross that is that your uh that your message, right? Yeah. It's not centered on a person except for Jesus, right? It's not centered on the little nitpickings of a denomination. The true church does not teach doctrines of church or traditions of humans. Right. Right? We're supposed to teach doctrines and traditions. But you know, most people Christ. wouldn't consider their doctrine a doctrine, a human doctrine. <laughs> Almost all of them are going to consider their their doctrines God's And here's, here's what's funny to me. I believe that most doctrines that we have are human doctrines. Mm. If you go back and you really research where these doctrines came from, they're not if it's not emphatically listed in scripture um the trinity is emphatically listed in scripture i believe that's absolutely important the doctrine of jesus christ being sinless god's own son dying on a cross raised again on the third day so if you have if you trust in him uh and repent of sins uh, you'll be saved that's the true doctrine mm-hmm. the rest of the stuff that we debate eschatology right heaven and hell even well, a lot and, of heaven and, and hell, and we can look at two scriptures that that say things like they're warning against false prophets, false teachers, and all this stuff. And and in nine times out of ten, those verses are not talking about the other denomination. No, they're talking about guys who are anti Jesus. They're, right. They're they're against Christianity. And, right. And that's why or they're I, preaching Jesus and this like, Jesus and the Jewish. Uh, you know, religion, right, right, right. right. Or, and and so, like, Gnosticism was a big yeah. thing at the at the time. And you had all this writing. Uh, John writing in his letter, First John it, it, and Second John, both talk about Gnosticism in an indirect way. Yeah. And you know, in in First John four, whenever he says, "Try the spirits," not not every spirit's from God, and try them. And but but then he gives you what that litmus test is. 
it's not a it's not a big checklist. It's do they believe that Jesus has come in the flesh? He's the Son of God. Right. <laughs> That's like the litmus test. Right. And so, um, but so the so the question there uh, that that then comes up is, oh, does that mean? Um, that we should just all drop our denominational names and just all be one big thing, and can that even happen? <laughs> and I don't think it it, it, it can. And, no, it and can't. I don't think that we're we, human. And I, part of this, and then part of the reason why I think that some doctrines are are so loose in in and so open to interpretation is because I think God wants us to work in small groups, but we're called to be unified. And, to, and this is where I think the big difference between se- separation and unity exists. You can be separated from people and right. still be unified with them. Yeah. So, like, um, you, you know, for example, there are people who are married, don't live together anymore. And, I mean, it's, it's very much if you can't get along, you can't. You can't work together. Maybe you should work better separately, but just consider one another still a brother. Still, I mean, the the problem is whenever you get to the point where you go, no, that person's not a follower. I I do not consider that person a Christian, and so I will have nothing to do with them because of that. Yeah, and um, so like you know, there are things there are things in practice that we disagree about. Like, uh, do you worship? Uh, the continuation of tongues, or or what, or you know, or is that even a thing? Right. <laughs> so I mean, you've got all these these things that actually will happen. Do you believe that you can worship God with instruments? Do you believe you don't? You can't. Those are practical things that you can't mix. Right. Because if you've got this idea that it has to be this way and it can't be that way. When you come together, how Your worship's going to be hindered. How do you worship? And I think a lot of first uh, first Corinthians speaks to this, right? Mm-hmm. Meat eating, eating uh, sacrificed to idols, and and you know if, if you feel like oh, I can't do that, mm-hmm. or you feel like ah oh, that's that's fine. There there might be a you know a time where you have to you know you have to separate right. from that, but you don't ever go and you don't ever say, well that person you you're obviously not a Christian. You don't have Christ. You don't have Christ because of this. <clears throat> no, there's there's one distinction. That decides whether somebody has Christ or not, whether they believe the gospel. Where, yeah, where's their faith? And exactly, and, and it and it always goes back to that. Always goes back to so, that. So, um, a good example of this, and this is not a doctrinal thing that happened, but it was still a functional thing that happened, and that is in um, in Acts fifteen. Yeah. When, when you have okay, Paul and Barnabas have been working together. They've been traveling together. They did uh, the first missionary journey together. Went through some hard times together. Right. Paul was stoned on that missionary trip, but there was one thing that happened on that missionary trip. That they took a young man with them named John Mark, and he went the first leg of the way. Uh, then got scared or whatever. We really don't know. Right. But he turned around and he went home. He, he he and he left them on on this this um, mm. this first missionary journey, and maybe Paul was so uh, concerned the second time around because of what happened to him that first time because he ended up getting stoned. So, um, but on the second missionary journey, Barnabas wants to take John again, <laughs> and Paul's like, no, <laughs> right, <laughs> that is not going to happen. Not gonna have this guy on board again. 
um, because I can't trust him or whatever. I uh, can't rely on him. And uh, so, but I want to read how this goes down in Acts 15. Beginning in verse 36, it says, After some days Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of God and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord, and he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. So they went their own separate ways. Now, we read much later Paul writing and actually commending John Mark and and calling him a son, basically. And so... John or Paul did not consider this guy an enemy, right? And he and obviously did not with with Barnabas either. But they could not work together yeah. because of this difference, right? So they went two different directions. Right. That's not division; it's just separation. Separation. And I and I think that that's a good model uh, when you can't work together for yeah. some reason. You can separate, right? But still be united in Christ, right? I mean, um, one of the best, I think, texts, and what you know, it doesn't speak about, it doesn't speak about division because of theology or anything else. It speaks of division simply uh, because people are human. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, First Corinthians chapter three, uh, we we have Paul talking about being of Apollos. Or Paul, mm-hmm. uh, verse five. What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has make as making it grow has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants or the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes it grow. The one who plants is the one, and the one who waters have one purpose: they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-laborers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. And the reality is, you know, a lot of denominations, if you actually want to look uh, historically, the major ones um, began because of a person, a Mm -hmm. figurehead, right? Mm -hmm. You have Luther, Lutherism, Presbyterian, Calvinism. Um, You have the Campbellites becoming the Church of Christ. Um, And you can you can divide the Wesleyans right right have Methodist. the Methodists so you ha- you can you can divide on the, on these things uh, on these people and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that a a church leader start a church and you know it become a quote unquote denomination um, in the word uh, as long as you take into account that we're all brothers in Christ mm-hmm. and our goal is to build. A church, right? A, a universal, and that's God's. That's God's goal, and that's what He's going to do. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe our denomination might reach somebody mm-hmm. that yours can't. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe God placed that denomination for that time to reach that that type of person, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, I there there are people that that are highfalutin and they like high church, mm-hmm. right? They they love the feel of the style of worship. So they get that, you know, and uh, there are some people that that love the 
the twangy southern gospel stuff. Man, <laughs> they just have to have you know Bill Gaither singing <laughs> to them, and you know that's that's okay. Yeah, that's all right. We need to be careful, just like anything else. Um, you you hold content and context in two different right. hands. The content is the gospel. It never changes. It's what we stand upon. It's the truth of God's word. The context, it's going to change forever until Jesus comes back. Right. Right. Well, and in, like even in the text you're reading, in a, in a way, they did denominate themselves. Yeah. Because they applied a name to their little group, and 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 Paul actually called them out on that. So was it... Was it the fact that they were just separating, or was it something bigger than that? Yeah. And I think there's a bigger thing involved there. That's right. That that the problem was that they were divisive. Yeah. Like there was animosity right. between these groups, and that they were. Um, chapter eleven gives us a little more clarity. He says, "You're doing this so that you may." There are factions. He uses the word heresy, which yeah. means factions. There are factions among you so that you know who's approved. Yeah. So um, so what he's basically saying is each one of them felt like only my group is approved. Your faction is not approved. Right. Mine's the real one. Right. And so there was a pride, self-righteousness type yeah. of thing going on here. And that was the problem is that, you know, he says, is Christ divided? Yeah. You know, is it just my little group? He says, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I did baptize a couple of you. But hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the truth, man. I just, I, th- I thought of an old joke that a Southern Baptist used to uh, joke around with about the Church of Christ. I'll have to tell that to you later. <laughs> You don't want to offend all of it. Yeah, I don't want to offend everybody. <laughs> it's really funny though. Anyways, yeah, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. So, you know, as far as denominationalism is concerned, I think that it's becoming so fragmented that in the future, um, we're going to see less and less of it. I think more. I think part of it's the fragmentation. I think the other part is the persecution. Right, is going to come upon us, and I think persecution breeds unity. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So the more that because the things that that, that are so important to us that we divide over become nothing. Become less yeah. important whenever you're being shot at. That's right. So, <laughs> That's so true. So it's kind of like you know, uh, you know, there's no atheist in a foxhole. That's type right. Of thing. <laughs> if, people, if people are coming at you, a lot of those things you're gonna you're gonna kind of yeah be a little lax on right you know, have a little grace on it yeah <laughs> amen so you know whatever denomination you belong to uh i, I believe any. it's if any yeah uh you know the number one thing is jesus christ and him crucified mm-hmm. and then unify with your brothers right amen. and there's some people that equate this post-denominationalism with uh what a movement that people are referring to as nuns and i don't mean n-u-n but in <laughs> N-O-N-E-S, nuns, they they don't go to church, period. They've abandoned church. I'm 60 million Americans who are quote-unquote born-again believers, I use quote-unquote, born-again believers do not attend any church because of this, yeah, because of this. And and so, um, you know, we've talked about whether or not that's a good thing or not. I'm I'm in agreement with you that I don't think ultimately it's a good thing not to be congregated. 
I think uh, we have examples of congregation together. We have uh, we have advice and 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 uh, authority to come together because, as the Hebrew says, so much more as you see the day approaching. It's get it's going to get harder. It's going to get harder. It, it, best if you guys try to do this stuff together. Right. <laughs> and so I don't think that this nuns movement is a good thing necessarily, but I understand it. People are tired of the politics. They're tired of the of yeah. the groups. They're tired of the affiliations, yeah. the factions, the parties. The and they're just wanting to yeah. know to know God and to know Christ. Yeah. And but you can do that together. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you're called to do that together. I don't think yes. there's no such thing as individual Christianity. I don't believe there is. Except for that guy on the island. Yeah, except for that guy on the island. <laughs> and that's a hypothetical, <laughs> by the way. There's no such thing. Christianity is a corporate religion meant to do be together. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I say religion lightly, but uh, it's meant to be lived out together in community. Yeah. It's it's a community religion. So, if you're of the opinion that you can do church by yourself, you're of the wrong opinion. I just put that out there. You need a you need you need a church. You you have to. You, there's no way that. Well, you, I'm not gonna say you you aren't truly saved if you you know. But I, but I will I will stand by that it is meant to work together. We're meant to do this together. We're called to do. Yes. Yeah. I I'll agree with that. You can't love your brother if you're not if you don't know him with your brother. So, <laughs> right, right. period. All right. Let's do some news. How about that? And now the news. Nativity display with a bill of rights and a manger is removed from the Texas Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> the bill of rights in a manger. America. <laughs> we burnt the bill of rights. Just like little nine pound, eight ounce baby Jesus and Dr. Pepper. Oh, All right. Wow. A nativity scene featuring the bill of rights has been removed from the Texas Capitol. Texas Governor Greg Abbott called the scene a mockery of Christianity. The non traditional nativity scene featured, yeah, it's very non traditional, featured three founding fathers and the Statue of Liberty, Liberty surrounding the manger with the bill of rights laying in it. I can't make this stuff up. That's amazing. <laughs> the display, sponsored by Statue the Freedom from Religion Foundation, had uh, permission from officials to be there through Christmas, but Abbott has pulled the plug on it a little early. In a letter to the State Preservation Board, Abbott said, We have no obligation to approve displays that purposefully mock the sincere religious beliefs of others. The exhibit does not educate the public. Instead, it promotes ignorance and falsehood, and it suggests that George Washington, Ben Franklin, and Thomas Jefferson worship the bill of rights in the place of jesus <laughs> you should wow. see the picture it's great it's just jefferson's kneeling down and just looking at the bill of rights and the bill of rights is laying there like a, a baby swallowed <laughs> swaddled uh, whatever side you, i i totally agree that's total mockery that's but it's messed up it's funny but here's my thing it could have backfired because other people would be like that's right america built on christian values and, right, right you know and jesus yeah. and, and the bill of rights and the <laughs> second amendment there and like don't take all, my guns like it's all <laughs> <laughs> like it's all there together that's right amen amen <laughs> You know where America was birthed in that tiny little belt town of Bethlehem, two thousand years ago. Hey, man. Anyway, sorry. 
Bad. The cotton patch gospel. <laughs> so great. Uh, on a downturn, um, systematic theology author Wayne Grudem says he has Parkinson's disease. This is this is like a hit for me. I love Wayne Grudem's systematic theology. I don't know if you've ever read it or anything, but I think I've got a copy of it somewhere. It's a uh, you know I know a lot of people don't like systematics, and I agree with the reason why mm-hmm. it can be bad. But I think that this this systematic theology book, whenever I first became a Christian, was like one of the most influential books that I'd ever read. That Desiring God by John Piper really helped me understand Christianity. Mm -hmm. And uh, whether or not it was accurate on everything, which, of course, it can't be. Uh, These are doctrines of men, uh, after all. But uh, it was really helpful for me. Anyways, Wayne Grudem, the author of Systematic Theology, has announced that he has Parkinson's disease and neurological disorder, uh, for which there's no known cure. But he and his wife, Margaret, feel a deep... uh, um, peace from the Lord about this. Um, John Piper says, join me in praying that God will heal the body, sustain the faith, give the strength to the work that Wayne believes he can still do. Um, but anyway, so that's, uh, that's crazy. You know, evangelist Billy Graham has had Parkinson's for 26 years now. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. The Baptist Pope, Billy Graham. <laughs> Do you ever hear him called the Baptist Pope? I think I've heard that before, yeah. I've, I've said that once or twice. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Mother Teresa is officially becoming a saint. Have I done this one yet? I don't think so. Okay. Pope Francis celebrated his 79th birthday on Thursday. Brothers and sisters, come together. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Pope is here. All right. He celebrated his 79th birthday on Thursday with a gift from the made uh, from the many devotees of Mother Teresa of Calcutta. The pontiff gave final clearance for the saint of the gutters to become an official saint. Gave clearance. Yep. According to the report, yeah. It's all clear. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, clear. Okay. According to the report in the newspaper of the Italian Bishops' Conference, Francis signed a decree declaring the inexplicable 2008 cure of a, a Brazilian man who was diagnosed with multiple brain tumors was due to the intercession of the Albanian born nun who died in 1997. So, uh, if you don't know this, in order to become a saint in the Catholic Church, you have to have at least two. Uh, miracles, miracles attributed to you, right? It's a miracle, miracle, like uh, you know, Saint Francis had the Sigmata and uh, yeah. stuff like that, and healed people. Anyways, so she uh, has finally gotten those miracles, and she will become <clears throat> Saint Mother Teresa. That's pretty cool. Is it Saint Mother or just Saint Teresa? Probably Saint Teresa. Mother Teresa, a Nobel Prize uh, laureate who was famous for her work with the poorest of the poor in India, has been beautified the penultimate step before sainthood in 2002 after the attribute, uh, a lot attribution of, need to be beautified. of another miracle healing in her. I was thinking that. <laughs> I'm beautified, but I'm not a saint yet. That's so good. We're all beautified, but we ain't saints. <laughs> Only Jesus makes you beautified. That's it. Anyways, all right. That's all I have, uh, except for today in Christian in Christian history. Oh, let's do that. I'm behind on Doctor Who, by the way. I'm way behind on Doctor Who. I've got about five episodes that I got to catch up on. 
Well, you know, it's Christmas break, right? Yeah. Yeah. Might as well do it. Doctor Whothound. <laughs> Anyways, at this date, which is December 29th. In 1589, Edmund Spencer's poem, The Fairy Queen, is entered in pre-publication step necessary in the days of the government censorship. The author holds Christian beliefs. Now, that's an understatement. Have you ever heard of Edmund Spencer? I have no idea. Okay, if you've never heard of Edmund Spencer, then you have been Shakespeareanized, which is totally understandable. Yeah, I love Shakespeare. Edmund Spencer was a contemporary of Shakespeare. And in a lot of ways... He was superior in a lot of his writing style. In fact, Shakespeare stole a lot of uh, his writing sonnet stuff yeah, yeah. from Spencer. Spencer was a genius writer. Um, his his greatest work ever was called The Fairy Queen. It was a, originally intended to be 12 books, but he only wrote six of them before he died. Um, but he was a huge, uh, um, what do you call it? The people who fought against Catholics. Protestant. Protestant. Thank you. Gosh. <laughs> he was a huge Protestant. And the Fairy Queen is all about Protestantism. The entire really? thing is all just an allegory for the Pope versus uh versus Protestantism. So there's this there's this knight and he's a brave knight and he goes and he fights this evil uh mother church basically which is this demon with wow like and uh and the mother church has these babies that that eat her and all this disgusting like there's a lot of gross imagery but it's all and then uh he goes to this crystal cathedral by the sea yeah. but it's actually uh uh being destroyed from within with corruption so it's a picture of the the Catholic Church and all this stuff. And gotcha. So I mean, it, it's all this Catholic imagery being destroyed by the the Protestants. It's really good. You got to go check that out. But anyways, <laughs> I love Edmund Spencer. He's a great guy. We we did the uh, Fairy Queen, and uh, we just I just taught on that. Uh, oh really? Yeah, last semester, <laughs> my senior year. So, or with my seniors. So anyways, yep. That's cool. uh that's 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 uh that's the way the cookie crumbles. That's all I got for you. All right. Here, hand me some of those. Hold on, I'll hand you some. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do this one. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, give me those. Okay, so I don't know where I'm at. We're both on prophecy. Persia. That was the answer last time that I totally missed. Was I, it? I remember that. Yeah. All right. Well, so. lay my prophecy question on me. Oh, my gosh. I don't even want to give this to you. How many books in the New Testament are traditionally classified as prophet, uh, prophetical? That's <laughs> so cheap. Wicked. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm going to say... One. Oh, you got it right there, buddy. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> that was surprising. Oh, well. Here you go. What four word, no, what four word term is found in the first verse of most of the Old Testament prophetical books? Okay, so what four word term is found in the first verse? Of most of the Old Testament prophetical books. (sighs) 
Do, 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 do. Actually, I'll give you the syllables. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I don't know. The, the, uh, <laughs> I want to think the revel, the revelation or the, uh, the, uh, I don't know. The, <laughs> it's kind of a tough one. Yeah, the revealing of it came to pass. I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. The word of the, the Lord. Word of the Lord. So the word of the Lord came, came to, to yeah. Blah de blah. See, I was thinking the revelation of the Lord came to, or the you know the revelation of Jeremiah, or you know. Yeah. Oh man. Oh well. All right. You're okay. That you're puts next me one. on names. That's right. My gosh, who chose for herself a name which means bitter? <laughs> um, I'll play the music. Of course you will. <laughs> I, I have the kitty cards. That's what I need, though. I need them. <laughs> the word of the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to say Naomi. Yes. I think we've actually had... There's several similar questions in these cards. Yeah, there are. And I know we've probably. I'm about to bring my own cards, by the way. I've got I've got my own Bible. Oh, bring it! You got your own Bible. Yeah, Southern Baptist style. So maybe I'll know more. (laughs) Joking. (laughs) Anyways, okay. Here you go. Which this is prophecy again. Which book states that the gift of prophecy is more important than that of speaking in tongues without an interpreter being present? First Corinthians. <laughs> Thank you for giving me one. All right, so I'm in names and you're at letters, numbers, and symbols yeah. for next time. Woo! I just like this music so much. Makes you feel like you're about to take off yeah. as Superman. Yeah. <laughs> it's Battlestar Galactica. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Whatever. Uh, okay, we got a new year coming up. Yes. So you can start that by confessing on the website. <laughs> you got how, how much did you really have to eat? <laughs> you've got honestly. a whole year's worth of sins that you can. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we have a website where you can confess openly. Without, it can be anonymous. It can be theonymous. But you go and do that. We just want to pray for you. That's right. That's what the thing is. That's the key. And 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 you can also sign up there and pray for others. Right. It's prayer.theonautspodcast.com. That's go right. Go there and check it out. Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more and to partner with us, visit us at gctnetwork.com. There are several ways, ha! To continue wow. to contact us and leave us Facebook, ha! Send us an email ha, to theonauts ha, at gctnetwork.com. Call us on our voicemail line, 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And don't forget to leave us comments there and to rate us. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Theonauts. Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts and don't forget to tune in to explore the vast reaches of God's word for us. Jeremiah, 
Thanks for being here. Let's raise an offering. <laughs> Thank you, David. Amen. <laughs> this has been the Onatis Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. Love to hear from you. Do it! You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission Transmission at GCTNetwork.com.